it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Grounds Crew. So great to have you with us. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Bill, Bill Rom. <laughs> and uh, we're hyped for this episode. It's going to be a good one. I like the echo that we got on yeah, that one. Yeah, it was good. It was clean. Uh, before we get started, I'm going to ask you guys to make sure that you subscribe and leave us a review. We always appreciate that. Uh, we want to make sure that you guys, uh, you know, that we love you guys and just toss us uh, what your comments are, thoughts on how we're doing. Um, so let's jump right into it. Big news to get started. JBJ, Jackie Riley Jr. has just signed with the Brewers. What are your thoughts on it? Now they have a full-scale gold glove outfield with Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, and Jackie Bradley Jr. I think the Brewers are uh, quite the team now. Uh, it's a good, good player, good signing. Makes your team better. I just don't know the the NL at the top, the AL at the top stacked. Yeah, like this is one of the more like have and have not seasons. We've we've talked about it a few times now. Like mm-hmm. if your team isn't isn't killing it already, what are you playing for? You know. So I think it. I look at that situation and it's a, it's a good signing. You're going to have good defense that'll help pitchers. But like Jackie Bradley's not. Uh, the hitter, you know, mm-hmm. that's balanced by Yelich being such a good hitter yep. uh, and such a good overall player. Uh, I just don't know if the Brewers, for me, you know, move the needle. I think mm-hmm. they'll be a good team. Any team can always surprise. It's pro sports. People come out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if I look at the Brewers and I go, wow, that's that's the team that I'm worried about. You know, I, I would still say that they're they're not one of the top three title contenders in the National League. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, J- Jackie Bradley Jr.'s bat has, has always been kind of questionable. Obviously, his defense has uh, has been superb forever. Um, he, he batted two twenty five in 2019. Uh, he Ks a lot, 155 times. Um, he His hits were you know just over 100, but I, I, I agree with you. I, he is a great defender, but the, the bat's not really a game changer there, and I think that's really what you need, especially in the NL right now, is the, 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 everybody's kind of really stacking them, especially offensively, so you've you got to bring in a game changer. It's not really going to help you push push the needle into that Yeah, know, and, and, and like just, just staying where they are, are they better than the Cardinals? It's it's questionable. I'd so say I no, really, right? I, so. I, I yeah. right out right out of the gate, I think the Cardinals are a better team. Mm-hmm. So like, and I I don't think Cardinals are in the top three. So now you're starting to move it back, and it's like, will will it will they be a good team? Does this help them? Sure, in a vacuum. Yeah. But do I? I don't look at the Brewers and say, hey, that's a that's a stud team. Good player, fine player, but I think he's an old school kind of. You know, the last time we saw a team that won with small ball was 2015 when the Royals beat the Mets. Right. You know, and you had just guys who come up, hit, play defense. Yeah. Right? Since then, everybody's, you know, home run strikeouts. Yeah. And Jackie just looks like a player that's not, not for today's game anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that's just me. No, I agree. I think uh, he's kind of just the, – the defensive outfielder isn't really a big thing anymore. you got to have a bat at the end of the day, like a Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto, where you can do both. Um Next thing on our list today, uh, I wanted to talk about it because I've kind of been noticing a lot more, especially through social media right now, is college baseball is, I feel like they're on the top of their game in terms of how hyped everybody is to be back and be playing. It's all very exciting. Uh, you know, fingers crossed we're going to be in Omaha this year with our, our store and stuff. Super hyped about that. Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? How, how do you think it's been going? I think college baseball has been trending. And it goes back to the the game a couple of years ago where where 
the, the the guys cursing at the other dude as he's walking off the field. Oh yeah, and, the and, they, guy. and they're and they're really getting into it. Mm-hmm. And there's there's emotion and there's drama and that's what you get in college basketball. And now like the pro game is better, like sport, mm-hmm. right? The people are better at it. Right. Uh, college, you're you're starting to get that same thing where they're building stories. Mm-hmm. You're, you're building more competition. You're building stories. You're allowing. Like you, you said in a couple episodes ago where you were talking about you wanted to change the jerseys more often. I feel like college baseball, you have more jersey types. Guys try different things. Yeah. People put themselves out there. It, it's, again, college baseball wants people to show up and watch, right? Yep. And that's why so many people show up in Omaha is because it's fun. Yes. And it's centered around fun. So w- why do you think that that doesn't get carried into MLB? Um, I think for a couple reasons. Um, I think it has to do with culture within each team. As you as you transition into the pros, right? You go through the minor leagues. Everyone's kind of there to to get theirs and, and move up the ranks and make it to the bigs. There's not a ton of culture within the teams. Yeah, they might have some camaraderie and enjoy playing together, but they're not there because they want to win for the Rubber Ducks or whatever minor league team they're on. And then when they get when you get to the majors, right? Like it's it's kind of the same thing. There are some teams that gel a little more and have good culture, and that creates more excitement, more fun. You know, you saw with the Twins. Uh, I think it was last year they had this whole team robes, and it was all very, like, it was cool. Like, they all enjoyed being together, and they wanted their team to win as much as they wanted themselves to win. Um, and I think that's what you get out of college baseball, and even in the younger levels, kids want to win for their team. And I think that kind of, it gets lost in transition a little bit as you make it to the pros. Yeah, and, and I think that that comes down to also, like, does does the team have fun? Mm-hmm. Right? So, like using the NFL again, like the years ago, Atlanta Falcons had the Dirty Birds, mm-hmm. right? And everybody got excited by, you know, the dancing and this and that. And then the team had a hot streak and, and, and people get excited. Then you look this year, you have the Buffalo Bills, hashtag Bills Mafia, right? Mm-hmm. The Bills Mafia shows up nationally. They're donating. They're yep. doing all this stuff. And the, 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 the team is supporting that. And then you look at something like uh, the Mets with uh, – LFGM, yeah, right, mm-hmm. uh, and the team supports that a little bit more now. Yeah, and now that creates a little bit of hey, we're having some fun. Yes, uh, but like the, the 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 love of the game and everything else, I college would transfer better if it was also that the elite baseball player in college mm-hmm. transferred to the MLB faster. Yes, what do you think on that? I definitely agree. That's why I said I think the minors is really a, a, a huge gap because you get into the minor leagues and now you have to humble yourself and get back to work because you need to get to the bigs and it's this whole journey. And, and, and kids, I, I'd imagine there's a lot of great players who lose their, I, I love the game. Their, their edge. Their edge, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think it, it's, it's unfortunate because, yeah. you know, there, you get kids who are just the most hyped dudes in, in college. You know, you, like there's people, uh, you know, they have like the turnover chain and things like that where they just kind of, they love it. It's exciting. It's, it's, it's what they're all about. And then you transition to this like mid-level where there's no real, it's just about work. It's not really that exciting and it gets lost a little bit and it's sad. Yeah. And I think like minor league baseball takes itself too seriously also. Mm. And I and we we've discussed this in the past. Like, how do you have more fun at those games? Like, you go to those stadiums; they're doing giveaways, they're doing all this stuff. Like, it's about entertaining a fan. Yeah. So you get these local fans who really love a player, and they, but then you don't carry that relationship into the show. So how do you take the minor league team and bring that persona 
along the way, mm. right? Like your triple A team, like whoever it is, like how do you take that that triple A team's persona, the fan base, and give them more connection to the MLB club so that they enjoy that transition back mm. and forth? There's a reason, right? And and that's teams just not wanting to put in the time and effort on something that they think doesn't matter. Yeah. Like we know content matters. Yes. We're have, we have a podcast right now, right? Yep. Or everybody here who watches and, and follows us on Instagram, like you know, like our content, what we put out, the things we do, the stories we tell, that's what it goes. ESPN is built on more and more content, right? So why would an, a team not create more content about themselves? Yeah. And I think if teams were to start to do that, the game will get better. Yes. Uh, and something I think that's a good thing in this aspect is the fact that they are trimming down the minors a little bit. You're going to have yep. less people. There's going to be less turnover with guys. People are going to get to know them more. They might be in the minors for a little while, but it'll be the same people. They'll have more uh, more affection to the teams that they're on and, and what they stand for and kind of how much they gel with the fans. Do you think a guy who went to three years of college shouldn't be allowed to go to the lowest level? I think there an argument can be made for that. There are a lot of guys in rookie ball, for example, who are 18, who've been playing against maybe good high school pitching, but not great high school pitching. They haven't faced an elite level of competition. And I think there's definitely a, some disparity between your rookie ball guys and, and your, your kids who get drafted after playing three years at Vanderbilt. There's, yeah. there's definitely some difference there, and I think they should be moved up a little faster because of that experience. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I hate is you, you have a kid who gets drafted out of high school, he's 17 years old, and he decides to sign goes directly to the same level as a guy who was just in the midst of his redshirt sophomore year at Vanderbilt mm-hmm. and was a top prospect and was also and they're both going to the same level. And it's like they're not the same level. Why yeah. are they there? Yeah. You know, and occasionally you'll see that guy, oh well it's just a stop and then he'll bump up and then mm-hmm. bu- and it used to be like you're saying congested in the minor leagues. I just think they should flat out be, if a guy played in college, he doesn't get to go to that level. Mm-hmm. Keep that as your developmental league. Allow those guys who are high school or international signings to have their level because now those guys have longer that they don't have to be in the picture. But if you take a a, a college guy, you bury him on that level, mm-hmm. now he disappears for more years. Yeah. If you immediately are like, hey, you're going to be high A or double A right out of college, you get to hop in and immediately I can see the light. You're a hot streak away from the from the show. Yeah. Right, so yep. now I can can I can carry that. So I would say, I hope that a lot of these rule changes that have happened, mm-hmm. the the MLB actually leans into. Which I'll give them credit about some stuff. They've been doing a better job this off season of promoting players. Yes, have you noticed that? Yes, I have for sure, and I, and I, I love it. They're really, I think they're kind of starting to to recognize that hey, our young stars need to be pushed more, and I think that's something that we'll see more of as we get more younger and younger guys starting to come into the big leagues they're bringing that that culture shift with them of hey like let's get hyped about playing the game versus the old school way of thinking of put your head down and play ball but how how much how much do we think that the old school guy the throwback 31 year old guy who's been in the league for for a while now who doesn't want that right Mm -hmm. is he gonna say hey this is how my team runs it's a great question, and that's why I think we, it's going to be a little bit of a waiting game still in terms of that culture shift, where once those guys start aging out, then we'll see, can start seeing more and more big leaps towards like what we're talking about as the new way of baseball. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, next thing, 
which is going to be very interesting. And you know, we're talking about hype and excitement and all this stuff. Texas just made some pretty um, crazy steps forward in in the COVID world. Talk about the mask. Talking about the mask thing. Okay. They're bailing on the whole <laughs> no mask. Full send. Full send. No masks. Hey, we we could have full capacity stadiums. Let's play ball. Definitely an interesting uh, concept. I mean, Texas is crazy. Yeah. Like if y'all, are if watching anybody this, was going to do it, Texas, it going to be you, Texas. You know, y'all are crazy. Like, yeah. The Texas Texas man is going to be take over for Florida man soon. Yeah. Like <laughs> Texas man is going to become a thing. Yeah. Like, did somebody do something really bold and reckless that doesn't really make any logical sense? Mm-hmm. Texas man. Yeah. Like. To, 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 to do that, I get it. I, mm-hmm. I know the agenda that they've been pushing and the stuff that they've been trying to do from that side. MLB is not going to allow that. So yeah, the, the, just, yeah. the state's going to open it up, and the owner can pressure against the MLB all they want. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that the MLB is going to say, you guys can go right back to full. Because if, if, if a team— It so many people. If you gotta, if, again, put it in perspective, that if, if, the, if the Astros right, are, are playing the Mets— and the the Mets are now coming in, and there's much sharp, like harsher restrictions mm-hmm. in New York than there are in Texas. You're now exposing this team to something that they might not want. Right. So I think that the MLB is going to have to do something kind of like how how NBA had their bubble and did their restrictions. Right. They're going to kind of hey everybody is slow to open, but at least the NBA season is going. So we can use that as a frame of reference on how teams are going to think about opening up. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of with, with that, kind of the COVID aspect of the game, um, something I was kind of, uh, I, I, we had posed a question out on Instagram to kind of kids, what, what do you guys think, what do we want to hear us talk about? Um, and someone asked me, what do you think, going into a full season now, there was a lot of guys in the previous COVID year that were really successful um, in a shortened bubble concept. Um, and now they're going to have a full season on this new pedestal of, hey, you're a great pitcher. Um, and I wanted to ask you, because this is a very interesting question, who do you think is going to keep excelling versus who's going to flop? Because I think in, in that little bubble, it was easier for people to go out there and just give it their all in, in a half season. Not even really. It's almost yeah. like a third of a season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the easy answer, and it's mostly because of the money, mm-hmm. is I think Bauer's going to be a flop. I agree. And I don't think that that means that Bauer is going to be a guy who all of a sudden gets absolutely shelled for like a five ERA. Mm-hmm. But it goes back to, you know, last year, every Yankees fan is looking at Garrett Cole's numbers playing for Houston, and they're like, that's what we're getting. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're probably going to get what he was with the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Because every pitcher who was going to Houston was magically throwing way better. So we yeah. won't talk about the fact that maybe there were things no, that's a different topic. going on. <laughs> um, we'll just go with what, what we trended. And then he was a really good pitcher, but he was not the dominant pitcher that he had been up until that point, right? right. That got him that big money. So every Yankees fan was like, oh, so was Garrett Cole worth the biggest contract a pitcher had in baseball? Yes and no. Right, there was no way that you were gonna unless you were you went out and you were the best pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. You can't justify it. Like Degrom, Degrom comes out, you give me more money, you give me less money, I absolutely smoke you. Uh, so I think Bauer has no chance of reproducing what that was because it was his best season of his entire career, mm-hmm. and I'm never going to say that a guy is going to be able to replicate his best 
all the time. Yeah. Right? Like, I can't look and say, oh, you know, DeGrom had a 1-7 ERA. He'll reproduce that. Mm -hmm. Like, no, there's a reason why we keep these stats is because they average out. Right. That's why it's called a batting average, right? we we got to take all this stuff into account. So, Bauer's a guy who I think is going to gonna take a step back who's your your take take a step back guy well here here's something that's interesting with Bauer and, and some of the names that I have uh, written down as people who are kind of questionable the the four guys I have are Bieber Giolito Maeda and Bauer and what's okay. interesting about them and the fact that COVID played a role in this is that with COVID everyone was kind of geographically limited to who they played so the majority of those guys pitched against AL or NL central teams which are all pretty weak in the scheme of the leagues. Yes. So they were also more successful facing not as great competition. Yes. So now Bauer's going into one of the best conferences in baseball, yes. or divisions in baseball, um, and now he's going to have to have a full season of facing some studs. Yep. He's going to face the Padres a ton, yep. and they're going to bat him around a little bit. Yep. So I, I agree with you. I think Bauer's a flop. Um, I actually think Bieber is going to have another great year yeah. because he's he's still dealing with the same teams. Giolito, same thing. Um, I, and, I, and I think they were kind of... They were trending that way. Giolito had adjusted his mechanics the year prior, um, and you saw some some great stuff from him. And I think he's got a lot of potential. And Bieber is just—he's a machine. I think it's time his time to shine. What do you now. what do you think of of that team? Which team? Bieber's team. I think they're sneaky good. I actually—I think they're sneaky good too. Yeah, I think they're going to surprise some people. They have a lot of talent. It's younger. Um, and, and I think the, the pitching staff is a, is a little questionable. That other than Bieber, um, I think Tristan McKenzie is going to be a star. Um, so I, I think they're going to. They also they also have they also have, I think sneaky good talent in that the Lindor trade was better for them, in the sense that their whole team their their team was so weak depth wise mm-hmm. that they needed to get depth before yeah. top end. Yep. Uh, and now that they have, uh, you know Rosario, I still think is a really good player. Yes. I think moving him away from New York where he's under the scrutiny of New York yeah. will will actually help him become a better player and I think his upside is is solid. Um and then uh Jimenez was the Mets best prospect and he acquitted himself well in a shortened season and looked like he can play. Then add on top of that like you just said I think Bieber in a whole year is going to be a good pitcher. I think Tristan McKenzie's got a chance to be real good. And now all of a sudden that team looks stronger from from guys. So I, I would agree. I think Bieber hangs a, a good season up. Mm-hmm. But again, it's relative. Yes. Does that mean I think he's going to be better than Bauer this year? I don't know. I could see them both putting up similar seasons, mm-hmm. but one guy's getting paid $40 million a year, and it's, that's just not worth the same amount of money. Yeah. Right? So like that's how it's relatively, to me, a flop. Mm-hmm. Who's somebody... Who's somebody who hit well in the shortened year. I'm throwing you on the spot now. Mm-hmm. Who's somebody that you can think of who who had an amazing season with their bat that you don't know if they're going to carry? This Actually, this is somebody who I've been high on for a while that a lot of people were questionable on, but I could tell from the jump was a star. Luke Voigt. Okay. You Hope. think Voigt is legit full-time? Yes, I actually do. Wow. I, th- I think he's a, in a lot of aspects, I think he's a better hitter than Judge for... Just the way he uh, takes his approach, how his at-bats are, um, and, and was gonna listening to some of his interviews and stuff, and it se- seems like he's really progressing into being a, a phenomenal baseball player. Yeah, so so here's the here's the funny thing about it, right? Okay. How old is Luke Voigt? Uh, I'm not sure, probably mid-late 20s. Luke Voigt is 30 years old 19 days ago. So 
I I am with you to some degree, mm-hmm. but I don't foresee Luke Voigt being able to put up the 863 OPS he put up last year. Okay. I I I think I think I think that's a bad take cuz I think that man is an old dude. He made his MLB debut in 2017 at age 26. Mm-hmm. And he has been okay in some limited time. I think he's a good player. I just don't know if I foresee him, you know, well, let me what's your expectation? Cuz you just said better than judge. So are we talking better than Judge and he plays 160 games? I think he's definitely going to play more games than Judge, for yes, sure. Yes, well, I mean, that's because well, Judge is... Well, that's what I'm saying. So made out of the Call Me Mr. Glass. He's, he's more, he's more uh, reliable, and I think he just has... He's, he's not up there to only hit bombs where I think Judge is, like, in, in their approach to hitting. He, like, he just he does more. I feel like he has more quality at bats, and he just looks like he's been progressing. Like you said, yeah, maybe he's 30, but he's only really just got... Like, like I was listening to his interview... He only just got a true starting job as hey I, I locked up this position this year, and I th- and he was saying and I and I totally think it's true having that weight off your shoulders of not having to oh I have to keep fighting to get this position and being able to focus on your craft and get better and become a true stud I think that's going to help him yeah and I I I would agree with that I, I think Luke Voigt has proven that he's an MLB level player and he deserves an opportunity to be a starter in the league. I don't think that Voigt's all of a sudden going to become an all-star level player, right? I don't think that the season that he put up last year where he hit 22 home runs in 213 at-bats, I don't think that's the guy he is. Uh, His best OPS year was 2018 with the Yankees. When you look at just that time with the Yankees that year, he had 1,095 OPS he had 14 home runs and 132 at bats. That's still a lower pace, home run wise, mm-hmm. than last year. Uh, well, that's or, why or last year was a little ahead. different, because, and that's why I think that it, you know it shortens so people take bigger swings. You do all this stuff. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think in, in in expanded 162, I think he's a, a 30 home run guy. I think he is a, a roughly seven 800 OPS kind of guy, and I think he can be a star there. I think and he's got a great glove too. So that's that's a lot of good pieces. So stay in New York. Do we think that Pete Alonso was a one hit wonder? That's a great question. Um, I think this is a huge year to tell us that because yeah, I, I listen. I discount the 2020 season a ton. I think it, you know he came off his massive rookie campaign. Um, and I really hope that he kind of brings, reins himself in a little bit and just tries to go back to just meeting the baseball and like let's just let's just get hits before we try to hit 55 home runs every time we get up to the plate. Yeah, and, and that's kind of for me. He he's 26 years old, so he's not super young, right? Made his debut late in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that first year, I don't think that there was a reasonable expectation that he would match exactly it. Mm-hmm. Uh, his big problem, looking at it from last year. His power was down tremendously. Yeah. Uh, his OPS ended up in 817, which is still reasonable, yeah. but he batted 230. And one of the big problems that he had when he was coming up was people worried about the, will the batting average hold mm-hmm. enough for his power to be there and will his defense hold enough for him to be able to stay on the field. I think he did that. I would say that uh, I, I think the, the shine of Pete, is down for me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Pete looks like the guy he was 
his rookie year. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see that guy on a consistent basis all the time. Mm-hmm. Again, I think he, him and Luke Voigt have similar things with Alonzo having more power. Uh, but I think the one thing that he has that is going to really help him is Lindor. Yes. I think having a guy who can be the actual face of the team, who's been a face of the team and produced as that guy, mm-hmm. will allow him to take a back seat because his rookie year he became the face of their position players. You know, he passed Conforto as the best hitter on the team, quote-unquote, at that time. Yeah. Uh, now he's going to get to be the third or fourth best player in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to sit there will help him produce. Yes. Uh, but, I again, got to wonder. You know, I, I'm with you that 2020 was an odd year, but it also it shows more of who somebody is. You can see some things. You can, I have concerns. Yes. I, I have doubts too. on Pete. I would have liked to see him. And I think also... He, I, I don't totally remember the beginning of his 2019 year, but I think he's the kind of guy where he needs to get a, a good amount of at-bats before he really starts clicking. Um, and I don't think he really got that in the 2020 season. Um, but what I, I would like to would have liked to see from him last year towards the end of the season, would, and I think he was doing a little bit, was kind of just trying to adjust and just trying to get hits. And, I, and like you said, I think having Lindor is going to help him not try to have to do everything. Just be able to kind of keep the train moving, get you know doubles, home runs here and there, but like just kind of be a good hitter. Um, and I think that's going to make it a little bit easier for him to get into that groove and be uh, you know the hitter he was from 2019. Yeah, and I think another guy who a shortened season didn't help, uh, who I think is going to explode, uh, and I think last year hurts him more. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Yes, uh, I think Vlad Guerrero Jr. He, he made some progress from even his rookie year mm-hmm. where he got a little bit better at a few key areas. But with a shortened season, the erratic schedule, and him only being a 21-year-old guy at the time, trying to navigate what's going on as a younger player is difficult when you're still trying to get your footing. Yeah. Uh, so looking at Vlad, he, he's a guy who, you know, he has Tatis stuff in his body. Yeah, definitely. Right? He's, he's got, he's got that, that, that flair, that flavor and his team, he's going to get an opportunity with Springer being there to not have to be that guy out in the outfield that really carries him. Yeah. I think that's another guy who is short in season. We're going to see him really be able to pop mm-hmm. coming out of this this COVID season and into this new world. Yeah, um, he, he uh, thinned up a little bit. Now he kind of looks a little more athletic. Look like he's ready to kind of make a splash this year. Last guy, I got a question for. Okay. So I was reading an article the other day and. Uh, it was talking about a, a former Met favorite and a former Met uh, that everybody has a, a, a case against, Ioannis uh, Cespedes. Mm-hmm. So Ioannis uh, <laughs> is is in shape again. He's out there smashing balls all over the place, yeah. not chasing after wild boars anymore. It's uh, important. So not not looks like he's not going to break a leg at least today. Sure. Uh, does does Cespedes sign with the team before the season starts? And when he does sign, how many home runs does he get this year? Does he sign with a team before the season starts? Uh, when, the, the, uh, do you remember when his like little workout's going to be? He just did a workout. It, the, for all the teams, right? Yeah, he okay. just did a workout wearing his little number 52 jerseys. Yep. and right, He did some stuff in left field. He ran around. He still got an absolute hose. Yep. Uh, he crushed the ball all over the place. He, he, and the, the, the article I read was on ESPN, and uh, they, they said it perfectly. 
you might assess, but this is a lottery ticket, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You could buy it, and he and I would say he's a twenty-five dollar lottery ticket. He's one of those big ones. You could buy him, and potentially win absolutely nothing, or you could win a million dollars from that lottery ticket. Yeah. He could be a huge boom, or he's nothing. You're going to spend some money to get Cespedes to come play, I think, uh, but the the chance that he might give a team. If, if he's that guy and he just has to get up and swing a bat, mm-hmm. occasionally go into the outfield, I could see Cespedes hitting 25 home runs this year. Yeah. He, he's he, a freak. He is a freak. Uh, I would say I don't think he'll sign before the season starts. Okay. But I do think he'll go to an American League team that has some depth questions in the outfield. Okay. Um, because that kind of gives them the opportunity to toss him in the DH. They need somebody in the outfield, put him out there, kind of keep him healthy as best they can. Um, who that's going to be, not too sure. I got an interesting scenario. Okay. My interesting scenario is Chris Bryant gets traded. He signs with the Cubs, replaces Chris Bryant. Okay. I could see them signing him to a, a minor league deal. Mm-hmm. Bryant plays a little like outfield, does a little bit of this, a little bit yeah. of that. Cespedes can come in, be that bat. And they're punting. They look like they're getting ready to punt the season. So kind of just like a replacement for Schwarber kind of deal. I know so, they brought in Jock Peterson there. So but. you end up getting a big bat in the lineup. And if he's that lottery ticket, you can sign him for potentially no money, mm-hmm. trade Chris Bryant, get a ton of money back, but keep a bat in the lineup that has that level of potential in it. Yeah, he's not going to play every day. But when he does play, if he can hit like the way he, we know he can on a one-year deal, Cespedes is trying to get money. Yeah. Right. He's he's about his money, and I, yep. I love players who are about their money, who didn't earn it the last time, because he's going to take a one year deal. He's mm-hmm. going to take a little, and he has a shot to go out, and you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. Right. Antonio Brown, Tampa Bay, throw some money at him, give him something, mm-hmm. lottery yep. ticket. Guess what? You won the lottery. You won it all. Yep. I can see assessment as being a similar situation. Okay. I guess we'll. It's my we'll bold pick. See. I like it. As in, no, listen. The the Cubs have a lot of. Uh, a lot of moving pieces right now because they don't really know where they're at. Um, but we'll see. Guys, toss us a comment. Where do you think Yohan Cespedes is going to end up? Cespedes. We'll find out. Make sure you guys oh. leave us a review. Subscribe. We appreciate you guys. And we will see you on the next episode of The Grounds Crew. Thanks for listening, guys. See you later. Baseball lifestyle. It's my lifestyle. <laughs>